from the everyday world, there is a place. A place where big... Congratulations, Mr. Sims. You are the fattest boy in camp. ...is beautiful. Chipmunks, download! And thin isn't it. This is definitely not sanitary. For Jerry and his friends, it was a dream come true. Until the new owner... That is out of here, mister! Oh, no. ...turned it into a nightmare. Lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Now, after six weeks of frustration... Then we're going to climb that 1,000-foot rock face over there. Starvation. There isn't a gummy bear left in this entire camp. And humiliation. Nice swing, you fat tubbo. Everyone having fun? Jerry's out to do something far more important than lose a few pounds. Hey, everybody. It's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm J.D. And I'm Randy, and this week is another exciting edition of Non-Canon with J.D. and Randy, our summer series special thingy. Yes, this time we took a look at a movie from 1995 called Heavyweights. That's right, J.D., and this film centers around a fat camp for kids that is taken over by a fitness girl named Tony Perkis, played by Ben Stiller. Yes, and this is what, this one was done by um, Disney, okay. but it was... Yes. Has a lot of people that involve the Mighty Ducks in this one? Well, yeah, because it was Disney. So, the movie's directed by Stephen Brill. Yeah. Which isn't really a name that comes up that often. No. But it's co-written by Stephen Brill and Judd Apatow. And there's a lot of stories about Judd Apatow in this film. Oh, yeah. But also, uh, Stephen Brill, I'm pretty sure, was the director of, or involved with, the original Mighty Ducks. That's what I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. And that's... Probably. He wrote The Mighty Ducks, he wrote D2, he wrote and directed, this was his directorial debut, Heavyweights, mm-hmm. he wrote D3, The Mighty Ducks, oh, yeah. he wrote Ready to Rumble, oh, yeah. oh and uh, JD, mm-hmm. get in the flash, he directed and wrote Little Nicky. Oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Mr. Sense. Deeds, Without a Paddle, Drill Bit Taylor, Movie 43, Walk of Shame, The Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, Hubert Halloween! He does a lot of Adam Sandler movies. So he's been in a lot of stuff, basically. This was his first uh, real big one, I guess. This is his directorial debut, yes. Yeah. Uh, Also, like I said, about about three of the kids were in the Mighty Ducks as well. The first one, specifically. Yes, yes. Three of them. You have have Aaron Schwartz playing Gerald Jerry Garner, who played Carp in the original uh, Mighty Ducks. Yep. You have... Oh, uh, I can't remember his name. I'm trying to get in the order of appearance. Uh, uh, Keenan Thompson yeah. as Roy Murphy, who appeared in D2 and D3. Yep. And finally, you Russ have... <laughs> yep. You have Sean Weiss as Josh Birnbaum, yep. who would be in all three of the Disney Mighty Duck films. Uh, Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah, he's in this one as well, although there's apparently a weird story around that one. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll bring that up in a second. But, uh, and you get other names like Jerry Stiller and, and Mara. And uh, as I said before, there's a few names Ben Stiller, probably recognize. Judd Apatow, and everyone's favorite mm-hmm. Paul Feig. Yeah, he's not really in it that much. I thought he was in it more until I watched the movie. And Leah Lale. Actually, yeah. And he was surprisingly good in the movie, though. But mm-hmm. Leah Lale, the now realtor, uh, who got out of uh, acting. Yeah. So, yeah, like we said, it's a camp movie about a fat camp. We already covered a movie that was basically a lot like this in many ways. Yeah. slightly different in execution, I guess. 
Um, this is a movie about a bunch of kids who go to camp, don't like the camp, and try to overturn the way the camp is. Hail um, to the Camp Krusty. Yeah, it's probably based on that episode, to be quite honest. That's why it was one point when we were watching the movie, I asked, I asked Randy, is there actually a movie like that episode of The Simpsons? Because I can't think of one. Quick, from the hip, JD, which is the better camp movie, Ernest Goes to Camp or Heavyweights? Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> I think um, this movie... Uh, Probably benefited a lot from coming out literally right in the middle of the Mighty Ducks boom. I'm not even kidding. This movie was released. So mm-hmm. what time of year do you think this movie was released? James? You'd figure it'd be a summer movie. I mean, look at it. It's a summer movie in summer. So we know it was released in 1995. But do yeah. you hazard a guess when it was released? I can't imagine when. So your guess was summer? I would imagine. February 17th of 1995. Wow. I wonder why they did that. Another cult classic that the Cannon Cruisers has covered. That was a lot of uh, C's. You did that on purpose. No, I did that subconsciously on purpose. Camp classic. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's a double entendre in that one. No, I said cult classic. <clears throat> the Cannon Cruisers cult classic collection. Of camp films? Of camp, of camp cinema. Yeah. There's also uh, another one we, we covered too, The Big Green. Which I'm laughing about because we just watched Heavyweights on Disney+. Plus, and the movie they recommend immediately afterwards is we think you should watch The Big Green. Which we already did because we already covered it. Yes. Yeah, there's some similarities with that uh, as well because that was the Oh, just movie say it, J.D. It's because it has a fat kid as the star. Just say it and get it out in the open. He's not the star of The Big Green. He's the only face I remember. <laughs> There is no real star of the big ring. It's the whole team. It's the GOAT. Boy, that's true. It is the GOAT. So yeah, like I said, the movie itself is pretty obvious. <laughs> if you've seen any of these movies, you probably know what it is. What's going to happen. Especially, like I said, considering it came around the Mighty Ducks boom and it really took advantage of that fact by really highlighting those three who were in the Mighty Ducks a lot. Even one of the characters who leaves the movie for a brief bit. Yeah, two of them were kind of the GOAT team of the uh 90s kids movies keenan thompson and uh sean weiss yeah for a while a stuff uh and then apparently aaron schwartz got buff at some point <laughs> to the point where he was on gossip girl as uh, the doorman vanya and he would also go on to play roles such as the handsome man <laughs> in uh the originals in one episode so apparently his time on this movie taught him how to get in shape i guess he's like i'm tired of being the butt of all the fat kid jokes i gotta get swole yeah, apparently. But uh, obviously, though, the one thing you're probably going to remember the most of the movie is probably going to be Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. He is <laughs> honestly the standout. A highlight, if you will, of the film. Is this his breakout role? No. Because this is the one I'm pretty sure everybody really remembers him from that time period. Because if you're going to remember this movie for anything, it's probably going to be his performance in it. Considering it's pretty much Xeroxed in Dodgeball a couple of years later. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, but I think the Ben Stiller show was out around this time, but I... Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, if you want to get really into it, JD, let's let's start from the beginning for him. Hot Pursuit, Empire of the Sun, Shoeshine, Fresh Horses, That's Adequate, Next of Kin, Elvis Story, Stella, Working Trash, Highway to Hell, The Nut House, Reality Bites. I said he's been in a lot of stuff, but... Then I mean, Heavyweights. So Reality Bites is probably where his spot got blown up. But I mean, and then he was in Heavyweights. It's like, when you remember, if you even remember this movie, you're going to remember for that. Even we saw the logo for this movie, it has him in it. But if you look at the old posters, if you look at, um, I guess, the old DVD covers, 
he's not on the cover. They literally added him in because everybody's going to remember, oh, right, I remember that because he's that guy in it. Yeah, it's it's uh, Saturday Night Live and the Ben Stiller show is when his uh, spot really blew up. Yeah. Uh, the Ben Stiller show was 90 and then 92 and 93. So then he went rose to quote-unquote prominence in Reality Bites. That was his big role mm-hmm. with uh, Winona Ryder, I believe. Yeah. And then he went to be the comedic genius in Heavyweights. Yeah. Playing the same role he's basically playing in Dodgeball. In Dodgeball a couple years later, yeah. It's actually, it could have been the same character, to be quite honest. Uh, also, to say to say that how he gets involved in the movie is that they come to camp, they find out the old couple that owned the camp, who's played by Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's father. It play, it's played by Ben Stiller's parents. That's his yeah. mother. Yeah, and they sell, they basically have to sell the camp. He has He gets the camp and he turns it into a crap hole. And that's... They have to deal with that. That's pretty much the plot of the movie. So he's the antagonist until he's not anymore. I no, mean, until he kind of... Uh, until they went, oh, right, this is a camp movie. Let's get rid of this campy, crazy guy. But keep Lars in the movie because he loves you. Lars loves you, J.D. Yes, he's, And then uh, let's go fight the evil uh, preps from across the pond. That disappear for most of the movie. <laughs> like I said... um, this, to talk about the movie, it's kind of obvious, but it's also kind of all over the place, considering it goes from one thing to another, then it kind of gets bored with that thing, and then goes to another thing. Uh, like when you're mentioning Paul Feig before, he kind of disappears for chunks, then, oh right, he's in the movie. It's like, oh wait, this we have to focus on the kids, because this is a, technically a family movie, even though some of the jokes that would be later edited out for yeah. the uh, audio... We're not kid friendly and we're oh, very right. much in the Judd Apatow kind of like, I'm trying to be kid friendly, oh, but that's tell. a dick joke. You can tell. That's a dick joke. You can tell there's several points where their mouths do not match what it's saying on the screen. So, um, what was your general impressions of the film, Randy? I don't even remember the last time you saw this one. Yeah, it's a, it's, this is a nostalgic, uh, trip today to watch this film. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it. It's like I, I will ultimately always enjoy this movie to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> no, not really any buts. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a 90s kids movie. Mm-hmm. And other than the nostalgia, I feel like I'm doing a review in general impressions. Sometimes I feel general impressions is redundant. Yeah, well, we, did, we did a bunch of these movies. And like you said, like you have to look at them from a nostalgic point of view, uh, I guess, for if kids would enjoy it now sort of thing. But also if. Um, there's anything about it that's just kind of uh it didn't hold up as well kind of hurts it a bit is like the way they portrayed ben stiller i think it would have been much better is if he was just the dumb weirdo but he wasn't as cartoonishly malicious you wanted him to be mr black from the simpsons no episode. i didn't want him to be mr black i wanted him to be completely clueless and then two of them actually have to come together and figure something out instead of him just disappearing from the movie because he went insane yeah, but he but then he gets replaced by his father in a brief scene that's actually just Ben Stiller wearing a wig. Yeah, that, that going. My funny. son is a real idiot. Look, I don't cry. I don't have emotions. That part was actually funny. <laughs> that was actually one of the best Ben Stiller parts in the movie. Without him just being cuckoo bananas. The movie itself, like I said, is fine overall. It's just like I said, it feels a bit disjointed watching it now. I guess probably also because we watched some of these, like The Big Green, which I think. Did it a little more smoothly. But put your mindset back into, let's see, this is 95. We've been like grade five, so we would have been like 11. Well, yeah, this well, was right in the middle. I was already said, um, in the middle of the put, Mighty Ducks. Put, put yourself back into the mindset of a child. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller is hilarious in this film. Yeah, he is. 
He's really good. If you're a child, he is hilarious. He is everything you want to hate. He is a monster. Mm Mm-hmm. As an adult, you watch it's like, yeah, no, that's pretty good. But you disappear uh, after after you went crazy and that's the end of your arc. Yeah, and then there's like 20 minutes after the movie after As that. they take on the preps. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, it's like uh, they wanted him for this and then they didn't want him anymore. And then that was it. Like, I don't know. I think it had been a bit smoother, but it's not like it makes the movie bad or anything. It's just like I said. Uh, the ones we watched, uh, these sort of camp movies, I don't think it's the strongest one, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And, and just to clarify, he means movies set at camp and actual, not campy movies. Actual ones set Because, <laughs> oh boy, have we watched a lot of campy movies, including this one. I don't know. Would I put it on the same level as the Apple? Let me think. Well, we have talked about Solar Babies today, which is <laughs> probably on the same level as the Apple oh, in its awfulness. Solar Babies. But, um... Oh, anyway, let's just get straight into it. So, what was your highlight of the movie? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller would be the highlight? Ben yeah. Stiller and Lars? Lars, I I hate you! <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we're now in charge. I will do anything you ask, Lars loves you. <laughs> yeah, that that was, the, that was the funny part, is uh, their performances as those characters were pretty good. It's like, great. all the adult, like, I'm surprised. Okay, Paul Feig, I'm not a big fan of him in general. I find he's just a little too much. He has the same shtick. Mm-hmm. But 1990 Paul, Paul Feig, before his shtick got old, mm-hmm. was pretty funny in the role of, of, a, of a fat guy who got into, become skinny, and he, uh, he and he's just, just happy in his, bo- in his body. He kind of just played a normal person, that's why. Yeah. He wasn't really a character. Yeah. become. Uh, I'd say that's probably the best part of the movie, too. The adults were actually pretty well done, especially, like I said, uh, Ben Stiller really did bounce off of everybody in the movie quite well, as did Lars, until he uh, turned and became the good guy. Who He was also good in that role, too, though. Um, that's Tom Hodges, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, it's yeah. Tom Hodges. He did a good job. Good job, uh, Tom. Yeah, also, I should probably say the kids did a good job, too. I mean, they weren't bad or anything, either. They were kid actors in a 95 movie. Most of them probably got a major drug habit (laughs) after this film. And I'm not just saying that because of Sean Weiss and his whole story. I'm just saying, in general, the 90s at this point. Unless you're Elijah Wood, you're not coming up smelling like roses. You're coming up smelling some coke. Like I said, most of them, if they're even in still acting at all, are probably not that well off uh, physically or emotionally, really. But uh, like I said, in this movie, sort of like when we were talking about the big green, they did fine job. They're kid actors, but they did fine. There was none of them that were annoying. Yeah, that's true. And that is the bare minimum you can ask as an adult watching a family movie. <laughs> is, are the kids annoying? No. Please don't be annoying. That's really all you can say. Yeah, uh, so then, what would be your low light of this film, Randy? It's like you said, uh, the, the story with Ben Stiller just kind of fizzles out, and then they have another like, 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. They're like, oh, right, the, the uh, snobs versus slob story still has to go on. Yeah. Uh, we forgot about that. Because it's not really connected with the other part. Yeah, the snobs versus slobs was just kind of like an afterthought. Like, yeah, I know we mentioned the, the big camp race at the end, but, oh, right, after we get rid of uh, him and uh, Pat takes over mm. and things are looking up, oh, right, we have to go fight the snobs. Yeah, as the way Ben Stiller leaves is he gets punched by uh, the main character. He Kids learns Jerry's nothing. Father. He and, learns nothing. He gets and, punched by Jeffrey Tambor. And then he, for some reason, backflips down the cafeteria after hitting his father and then hits the wall and that's it? Like, what? 
Why was why? Yeah, it just kind of fizzled out. It's like I, I honestly felt the movie could have stopped there and have been fine. It's been like okay, we resolved the general thing when when Pat gets made the boss of the the camp where he goes. I've been here for eighteen years since I was a kid. Eighteen years. What have you been doing with your life? Yeah, <laughs> and and he gets the girl. It's like okay, the story's over. We don't need to have the competition anymore. I guess because it's a '90s kids movie, so they want the kids. They literally could have. They could literally could have freaking stand by me the ending of it. It's like. And said like uh, Skipper went off the wall. You know, we, it's like that type of thing. Down, got ready for the competition, and we, we won. We, we managed to somehow come out on top, and uh, celebrating, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, just do a bunch of things. It's like I'd go on to become soul as an adult because uh, <laughs> he did. Uh, he, he he developed a bad meth problem, and but he he's cleaned himself up now. Yeah. Uh, he left acting, and hangs, she's a realtor now. He apparently hangs out with Ethan Suppley, and they both get uh, ripped together. I wouldn't surprise me, man. <laughs> All right. His name's not Earl. His name is freaking Swole. No kidding. Oh my god. <clears throat> um, Excuse me. So before we go on, there's some. There's a couple of little things I have to point out. What so again, we have Sean Weiss. I keep mocking him, but it's no good for him. He's cleaning himself up. He's cleaned up his act. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Whenever that story pops up, it's a feel good story that he's finally cleaning up his act. Mm-hmm. But you could tell there was stuff going wrong around this time, starting to, in the mm-hmm. way that child actors' arcs go. Yeah. The only reason he appeared in this film, according to the trivia that I've read on this, is contractually he was obligated to appear in it. Otherwise, um, if he didn't appear in this, he wouldn't be able to appear in D3. Which is bizarre. The worst Mighty Duck film. Yeah, I don't really get why that would be, considering he was always one of the most popular parts of the movies, why he would be one of the ones... He didn't want to do this movie, but he wanted to do D3, and they said, no, you do this movie or you don't do D3. Which is, again, weird. Especially considering the main character was in the first Mighty Ducks movie, not in the sequels. And then the next part that I just found funny, uh, it's... Okay, so remember the dance sequence? Yes. So, objectively for them, there was an angelic hot girl that comes up to them? Mm Mm-hmm. She would go on to become the 2000 uh, Playboy Playmate cover uh, model. <laughs> 2000? Yes. Five years after this? Yes. Wow, that's awkward. <laughs> yes. I just found that out the tribute. I was laughing. Her name is, for any of you perverts out there uh, like me, who are going to go check later, Lauren Michelle Hill as Josie, the angelic girl. <laughs> that was really weird, but okay. Yeah, I just came across it like, what the hell? Uh, Leo Leo became a freaking realtor. At least you didn't say 1996 or something. That would have been really weird. Okay, they're they're really <laughs> casting her down to uh, be I mean. an 11 year old because most of them are supposed to be 11. It's like uh, that scene is like, hey, all their balls dropped. Yes, and five years later, apparently, all of a sudden, now she's in Playboy, which is okay. So it means that she was at least 18 as of 2000. <laughs> at least we think so. <clears throat> You'd hope uh, legally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I said, not a really a lot of trivia to go with this movie. Just. No, it's kind of just a movie that came out in the middle of a whole bunch of stuff. It's just the weird <laughs> things of with Judd Apatow, like, this is the movie that he showed his uh, future wife, as some, just to say, it's like, here's a good movie I did. I wrote this Leslie movie. Leslie Mann, I wrote this movie. I was in this movie as this character here. You right. like it? This is the one that has been approached, according to him, on a DVD commentary by Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, that highfalutin, uh, stuck-up uh, jerk uh, of uh, who's worked with Tom Cruise in, in Magnolia fame. Not Paul W. T. Anderson of the <laughs> Resident Evil and Mila Jonovich fame. No, would, no, no. The other funnier. one. That'd have been funnier. He came and said that this is one of his favorite movies and told Judd Apatow that this is one of his favorite movies by him. I figured he would have been around the same age, I guess. Yeah, actually, I think he might be around our age. Um, mm-hmm. It's possible. 
But really, there's not a lot of great trivia about this. Just not really. It's just kind of a a very '90s summer movie. <laughs> Let's put it that way. A very '90s summer movie. Pretty much, yeah. If you were that age in the '90s, there, and for instance, you watched the Mighty Ducks and you loved the Mighty Ducks. There's literally a zero percent chance you didn't watch this too. It literally came out right between the uh, right in the middle of all of that. Because this was the sports boom. Uh, yeah, Big Green was that year as well. And then, they, according to Wikipedia, more movies like this that we might like, J.D. Yeah, one of them is Camp Nowhere. I saw it. The Big Green, The Little Giant, Rookie of the Year, <laughs> Angels in the Outfield, and everybody's favorite, Blank Check. Yeah, I saw all of those. I think <clears throat> I think most people who saw this movie probably saw all of those, to be quite honest. They were all around at the same time. And I just wanted to double check to see... Uh, mm-hmm. What else Paul Feig has been in that I actually liked? Oh, wow. That's me a while. I know he was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch as uh, the teacher. Yeah, I remember that now. She was, I don't even remember how long he was in it for. It might have been the whole run. I don't remember. Only he was in 51 Things as an actor. Yeah, oh, well. Let's, let's go back to this. could be a lot of bit roles. Yeah, it is a lot of bit roles because I saw his, like he was Mr. Eugene Poole for 24 episodes from 96 to 97 on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> There's in a lot longer than that. And prior to that, he was just a bunch of one-offs on television and stuff. Yeah, that's what I figured as much. Same thing afterwards. <clears throat> this might <throat> honestly have been his biggest role up to this point. Yeah, and he wasn't in it that much, really, which is weird. Yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a fine summer movie. All in all, like I said, I'd, I'd probably rate it a 3 out of 5. It's It's fine. It's, yeah, it's a th- it's a three out of five. It's a solid movie. There's a nostalgic um, element to it that two old guys are gonna freaking come to because it's like this is was us when we were kids. Like I said, we were like eleven, twelve at the time this movie came out. Oh yeah, if you're around at an hour, if you're around, and how long is this movie? If you're around the kid, <clears throat> the kids in this movie's age back in the nineties. You probably saw the movie. You probably watch it for nostalgic purposes. So. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half. This movie. Yeah, it's not roughly it's not a movie. Maybe maybe the same length as the Big Green, and let's say like an hour and forty minutes or something. Mm. What is it? All in all, you can just say it's fine. A hundred minutes, so yeah, an hour and forty minutes. Yeah. It felt a little long, but then again, like I said, there, like you said too, there that ending kind of was tacked on. Yeah, it feels a bit like they just joined it in places, but overall, it's fine. It hangs together. And like I said today, I learned, Carp became swole in his old age. <laughs> that was, that was a weird one. Just looking at the car- the the screen, like I wonder if that guy is swole now, like Ethan Suppley. And then Randy's just looking up. Yes, he did. <laughs> That was really bizarre. I don't know what it is. I guess you either become swole or you just leave acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the way it worked for the 90s kids. I don't know. Again, so I'm going to say with that, mm-hmm. um, this is another exciting edition of uh, Non-Canon with JD and Randy. And if you notice, I just didn't want to say the whole title today. <laughs> it's our summer series. Yeah. It's really freaking hot. And we'll see you next time for another summer movie, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. He's out to gain respect. What is going on? You can't kidnap the owner of a camp. Welcome to the annual Apache Relay. We're as good as anybody. And it's about time we started acting that way. Take him down, Cappy. Walt Disney Pictures presents a comedy for every kid. Tell me the artist and title, please. Uh, share? Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. Tired of taking it. I'm so slow. It would have been cool to go fast. Whoa! 
ready to dish it out. Heavyweights.